got nothing. I got no friend. I got no popularity, and I got nothing to show off. Yeah. All right, and I can. going on beautiful people it's your boy tito and welcome to another episode of maintain the design today we have a pioneer of south african dance and urban culture and the founder of masters of rhythm simba how you doing bro i'm good brother how's it going man great great man um really excited about this interview and having this conversation uh because for me personally like um you are a very big inspiration and a huge role model to not just dance culture, but urban culture across the country. So yeah, I really appreciate what you've done for it. And I'm glad that we have an opportunity to have a conversation today. Uh, most definitely. Much appreciated, bro. I've actually, I haven't done an interview in a long time. Um, really? My first interview in a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, that makes a, it even more exciting for me. <laughs> I've been, in a, complete, I've been in, com, in, a, in a completely different world, you know. So um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, now that's awesome, man. And how you been, man, generally, just speaking? I've been good. I think a lot of growing up, you know, in the past few years, um, adapting to changes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, um, I think d- this year has been a blessing. Ironically, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, whatever's going through in the world with the COVID-19 situation, uh, yeah. for me, it's, it's been a blessing. I think, you know, um, I'm sensitive to the fact that a lot of people, a lot of ships are sinking, but yeah, in yeah. my own way, you know, my mm. unstable in a, in the most weird and, but, but um, humble way. Yeah. So I'm yeah. good, man. Now that's awesome. And uh, you mentioned change there. Um, what would you say, or firstly, how would you describe who Simba is currently in right. 2020? Right. And what would you say the level of difficulty is in like just being authentic and being yourself in the times that we're living in and just staying committed to your craft? Right. I think, I think, who Simba is right now, it's it, a family man, a father that yeah. really loves a daughter, uh, mm-hmm. very cultured and and co- collected, you know, um, very calm and ambitious because I've never yeah. been ambitious and grounded, you know. Uh, yeah. It's come, I mean, I'm 36 now, you know, and there's been a lot of growing up to do in the past few years on how I make decisions on how I look at the future and who I let around me, what kind of energy I allow in my presence uh, yeah, and all that stuff. So yeah, man, I think that's, that's pretty much who I am. Yeah. Cause like, I think I've been asking a lot of people this question lately because yeah. I feel like with so many things that are happening, like it's very easy to forget who you are, right. you know? And uh, you know, often people say we're born to, 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 we're born for a reason. We all have a purpose, you know, but sometimes um, it gets difficult to find what your real purpose is, you know, when you're not focused on yourself. And like you said, it took some time. It came with age, right. but with the world, the way the world works these days, I feel like, um, you know, you have to be, it, the age is younger and younger, you know, definitely. for you to actually figure out who it is that you are. No, I definitely get you. I mean, in the past, you know, um, a lot of people have a certain picture of who, who Simba was, you know, and I think yeah. somewhere along the line, I played with that imagery, you know, mm-hmm. um, where, um, too cool to approach sometime and, you know, bad boy and got it all sorted and got it all figured out and yeah. came with, and, you know, and I, and I, and I roll with it, with it cause it, it's, 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 it kind of gave me the kind of mystery and an identity I wanted at the time to, 
to to fit in the market you know um yeah but as time goes by as i grow older um i started opening more to myself i'm actually a very funny guy to people that i care for you know um yeah be serious at the time and not take myself too seriously you know mm-hmm. um embrace my mistake and and I, I, i'm you know more than anything um i'm very caring so that's the ability yeah. that i'm i'm able to to portray that's who i am that's who i've always been in general you know yeah but, yeah um, growing up allows you to be who you are i'm not i'm not doing it for for the market anymore i'm not doing for the industry anymore i can be me i can put yeah. something silly completely get people off <laughs> like, yeah yeah, like, yeah wow where did this come from i can be serious at the time too so yeah man i think just growing up allowed it allowed me to be myself and you know many people have approached me and they're like flip man i didn't know you this kind of person if i knew back then yeah it, you know but that's how I, I went with the identity that's what worked it on that time and i just roll with it but now yeah I'm allowed to be me yeah and i think like um when it comes to like the industry and stuff like that it's very easy to switch in and out of who you really are because like you're saying that you had to put up an appearance and stuff like that when you're involved very involved in the industry but like since i met you bro like i never really got that vibe you know right you've always just been yourself around me Most you know so I, I guess it also work with certain people's energy you know what i mean yeah I'm, i'm a big believer of your energy if somebody bring a certain energy around you you can't lie if you yeah yeah like yeah it, you can't lie around that because you know um it you can you can sense that it's genuine and for some yeah. people you just you just you you fake it to be yeah, yeah. in the presence because maybe the energy is not as genuine as as you like them to be you know so there is, mm. there is definitely few people that will, that to say i've always knew, known you to be th- th- this guy you know yeah. there is many that will say they don't know uh, but some yeah, yeah. one they didn't give themselves a chance or maybe they stood from a distance and they accepted it and i just roll with it yeah 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 right. and i guess like um as well sometimes as human beings we we're, we're afraid to you know just give people that sense of vulnerability of just being ourselves That's you know true. because we're trying to basically tailor an image of who we are you know to suit whatever narrative that it is that we want exactly um but the reason why i'm asking these these kind of questions right. is um lately i've been thinking a lot about the the local landscape of dance in south africa yeah and um a while ago i was watching um an interview that you did with slicker yeah and you you mentioned how you felt that dance culture was being uh disrespected right um you know and i remember that i think it was around 2010 or so yeah. you know i was still very young at the time but still very involved in dance culture and i remember there was kind of like a shift that happened i don't know but it happened very quickly within the space of two years and a year yeah a, a shift happened and it almost seemed as if uh I don't want to say everybody but let me say my generation in particular. Yeah. Um people who were heavily involved in dance that had a passion for it, you know, started veering off into other things like nightlife. That's when nightlife started booming and right. stuff like that, you know, and it almost seemed as if uh dance culture was becoming an unforgotten art. Gotcha. So what's 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 your whole view on on the cultural shift that happened and how would you say dance culture has progressed from that time to now? I think culture always involve you know mm, and mm. for anyone to expect that is a specific trend of culture will remain the same throughout the generation it's it's living in denial you know yeah. um culture involve it sometimes it goes back in a circle and you know what was forgotten may come back you know um with the art with the with 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 fashion with everything you know 
Yeah. Um, I think it, when, I, when I had that interview with Slicker with regard to the culture being disrespected, it was more the dance, dance culture being disrespected in South Africa. South Africa. It was more regard to the to the fact that people did not value what the dance industry has compu- contributed to to the to the hip hop culture. You know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. don't speak about it. People don't speak about how the dance the dance world changed the dress code, trade change fashion. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Before before Clinch Crew, before the rise of Clinch Crew and all the other crews. You know, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop artists were dressing a certain way that were not attractive. Yeah, you know what I mean. I remember back in the days when Clinch Crews started going out, people were calling us America wanna be because we had the baggy jeans, we had the fubus, we had the nurex, we had we had those so called American outfits or brands. Yeah, yeah. You know? And we were rocking that, and girls were loving lo- loving that vibe and stuff. And people were calling us American wanna be. As as the year as the year started going, you start seeing the you know. um the motherland, the legend, and and everybody else, we're working the same, the same, the same kind of swag. And then before yeah. it was the whole industry were into that swag. And the dancers held it down. That that was the dancers' contribution contribution to change in in mm. the hip hop culture. You know, in nowadays almost everybody is rapping a certain way and going with the trend. But the the, the dance world brought that to the market. You know, we introduced the the we introduced the the, the the dancing that's happening internationally, mixing it with what was locally, and give people an idea of this is what the world is doing. You know, this is yeah, the world yeah. is dancing to. This is the kind of beats, the kind of beats pattern that's taking place there. You know, and that 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 regard has never been that's completely been disregarded. Nobody gives the dance world that respect. Where it's like actually we contributed like extremely to the hip hop evolution in in South Africa. You know, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, with, but with regard to time, with regard to where dance is right now, um, simply because of my my um, contribution to the dance game, I've I'm always they always keep me updated. You know, um, I yeah. always have my ears in the streets. I know what underground dance competition is taking place. It's very underground now. It's grown in terms of, it's grown in terms of the quality, but yeah. lost its streetness. You know, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very studio vibe and it became very it's very small now or people that dance are people that really dance you know but mm. lost the, the 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 rawness of 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 it that it used to have it lost the street code that it used to to have but there is people that are trying to maintain it there's people that are trying to to keep it you know like people like the Paco, shout out to him shout out to darim from ai and yeah. And Brandon from Freeze Frame, people that are still trying to keep the culture going and stuff, yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's just not the same. It doesn't have that 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 street that we brought. You know what I mean? We made it very street. We we went in the studio. You know, we we were in the street doing things. You know, you see us in mm. the, in, the, in in the clubs doing things. You see us in the parking lot. You know, you see us by the train station, wherever wherever it was in the mall. You know, and I think yeah. that's that's what missing now. And but it is still in existence, and you know, but it's just not the same anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. And people, some people, people that love entertaining, it's natural for them to move from one area of um, um, entertainment form to another. Yeah, you know, because in general, most dancers are entertainers. As much as the entertainer, they also like receiving that attention. So when one craft is dying. It's easy for them to jump to another craft that also within that pattern, and also you need to yeah, understand yeah. that a lot of dancers understand beat. 
they understand mm, mm. you know it's easy for them to get to music because they know the pattern of beat more than anything a dance actually have a better ears of of music than than a person that never dance because when, yeah. when when you are dancing you listen to every single element of the beat from your string to the snare to the kick to the lyrics to the flow of the melody you know what i mean and yeah so it's easy for that person to get into music and and if they really put effort in it and deliver something you know they might not be the best lyrically but they will know what to do in terms of uh, producing something that will entertain people. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I like what you said about um, how dance has influenced urban culture as a whole, right. you know, especially from, from a street level. Um, and a lot of the younger generation right now who perhaps weren't privileged enough to be around that time, you know, yeah. um, they won't know that, you know, even dancers today, like you say, that have switched from dancing to, to rapping, are, are, are making a huge contribution to hip hop. I mean, you have your Costa teachers right now. You have Phantom Steez, yep. Tandon J, Clyde. You know, there's so many people that I could mention. You know, that come from the the the, the dance background. Right. You know, so I'm glad that you you mentioned that because I feel like there's a sense of when that cultural shift happened. Like, there's a sense like of that dancing is like an age thing. You know, and it's not a craft on its own. You know, that someone can follow as a passion. You know, going forward, I maintain it. I mean, it's it, it, you know, um, I always tell people like, you know, I stopped dancing at the age of twenty five. You know, I started mm. dancing since I was young. At about eighteen, I started clinch crew. At about twenty, about twenty, I started masters of rhythm. And at about, um, actually, at eighteen, I started clinch crew. Nineteen, I started masters of rhythm. About twenty six, uh, twenty twenty six, twenty five, I retire from from dancing, but I still maintain running masters of rhythm and managing dancers and other artists. And yeah. what, one thing is that with dancing, with dancing is that it does have an age limit to it simply, but from the financial aspect of it, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to, to sustain itself, you know, um, through life with dance alone, especially yeah, yeah. even overseas. When people speak about, even overseas, you know, unless you, you have, you, you develop a, a, a business around it where you either own a studio or whatever the case may be, but it's hard for dancers to sustain themselves for a very long period of time, you know? So yeah, yeah. As, as, if you go with music, mu- it's easy for music to help you go through to sustain yourself for a longer period of time as compared to, yeah. you know, uh, you can still eat off your loyalties through, throughout the years. You know what I mean? If you're really smart mm-hmm. and you're making people still save a big amount of money for, for the years to come. With with dancing, yeah. it it does not have that. So even when you make even when you're making money, when you're dancing, it's 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 like when I was making money when I was dancing, it was money that I can enjoy simply because I did not have a responsibility. I was still living in my mom's yeah. house. I didn't have a child. I didn't have. I was not ambitious enough to buy a house or whatever the case may be. So it was it was easy to say I'm making cash. But as you start growing older, you start saying like, yo, this is not cash. You know, like 10k month is not ca- 10k month is not cash. You know, yeah. Um, or having 20k, 20k once in a while, once every two months, you have a gig that pay you 20k because you did an advert. You know, yeah. It's, it's yeah. not it's sustainable. You know, and you need to start mm. looking for other avenues on how do I move from here. And I think with with me, I was wise enough to 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 do a forecast for the future and see where Mernoli Simba wanted to be. You know, yeah, and yeah. I've ambitious the reason why I, I, I started masters of freedom is my level of ambition where i was like i'm dancing but it's more, there has to be more you know what i mean in the very same yeah. regard when i said when i said that 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 boat started sinking well 
maybe sinking is the wrong the wrong word because the dancers might not like that. But when I saw that, <laughs> this you know, um, it's not the same. This industry, it, it it's drowning. You know, um, how do I maintain? Um, how do I keep myself um, financially stable in the years to come? So yeah, I, I had to make a different move. I was like, I did what I did, and I need to make a different move from here. Otherwise, I'll find yeah. myself years from now and in the same place. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say you stopped dancing like in your twenties. Like, I mean, I think I stopped dancing around the age of eighteen. You know, I was still like going to events, you know, and supporting people where I could. But I stopped around eighteen. Right. You know, and even th- even then, already people were saying, "Hey, man, you're too old to be doing this." You know, and I couldn't understand yeah. it. Yeah. You know, even now, people be like, "Hey, you know, this guy used to be a dancer," and it's you know, they kind of giggle because they can't believe it. You know, With regards to the younger guys. Right. Um, let's say you're young, you're coming up and you actually want to pursue this as your passion. What would your advice be to, to kind of guide these guys into finding ways to be financially stable, but pursuing their craft as well? Yeah. I think, I think it's good to have a passion. It's, it's very good to yeah. have a passion, but you need to be realistic towards when that passion, you know, um, financially support you throughout the years, you know, mm. and, and you need to be realistic with yourself. You know, because people, I know there's a saying that when you do what you love and, you know, when you do something you love and you, 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 you create happiness around it. And for me, it's like happiness is very, happiness varies. You can do what you love. And if it's not financially stable, it may be misery. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And so you, you need to be able to look for that balance. And for me, is that it's good to, like, I, w- I will encourage young people to dance. Because first of all, you're keeping yourself active. You're keeping your mind busy. And as well as you are, you are, you are putting, you are, you are, you are basically using your passion, you know, for yeah. something, for, for something positive. So in that regard, I will encourage everybody. But in the long term, I always, even with Clinch Crew, everybody that knows me from Clinch Crew, as you can see, one of, a lot of my Clinch Crew friends um, in, in, until now, many of them are doing pretty well. Because I had one rule within Clinch Crew. If you're failing school, you cannot be part of the crew. If you're being, um, if you if you're doing all the mischief outside, you can't be part of the cl- part of clinch crew. You know, I wanted yeah. people to to be to be focused. I wanted people apart from dancing. I wanted people to be focused. A lot of my clinch crew friends have called me in year, years to come and say thank you. You know, yeah. and how I motivated them beyond that da- beyond dance. You know, mm-hmm. I've never encouraged them to be like let's dance for the rest of our life. I've always said, you know, like you dancing. What's the plan? Are you studying something else? Because I did. You know, a lot of them are accounted. I got two accounted from the Clinch Crew team. I got these graphic designers. I got these two graphic designers. There is a lot of people, these marketers that are actually doing well within the within for themselves right now, you know. And yeah. for me, I've always been that person that has pushed that has pushed that. Anyone, even other dancers that have come around me, I've always challenged the mind. If you love music, do something. Either study sound engineering or of study graphic design, if you love the art or whatever the case may be, but there has to be something else that you can do in order for you to sustain yourself when this fails. It, yeah, it, yeah. Because you don't want to turn around and be like, yo, you advised me this. You you gave me false hope, you know? And so mm. that's, I've always said that then, and I'm always going to say that now. As for people that will look at you and say, oh, you used to be a dancer and a giggle. It's because some peop- people, you need to understand something. People envied dancers back then. Yeah, they envied us. They envied the, the 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 amount of fun we're having. They envied the kind of girls we're going out with. They envied the fact that we could have gone to the club and get in for free. Hundreds of us. 
the end mm-hmm. freebies we're getting, the attention we're getting for media, whatever the case may be. So when somebody envies you and they see the and you know one day that craft maybe it's not as big as it used to be, it, it's almost an opportunity for them to say, yeah, this that person. It comes from an envious point of view. It's almost like they're trying to use it to get back at you, but it's just, it's just yeah, envious, yeah, man. You know, and until now, I, I, you know, back in the days when I when I was going through the transition of leaving dance work, the dancing, I was yeah. very embarrassed to say I was a dancer. You know, and I was very embarrassed to 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 attach myself as a dancer. As time went by, when I become when I started doing a bit well, when I started becoming more comfortable, I got a nice job and my salary was good. And you know, I was like, flip. I started being more comfortable. And and now, now and then, I post video of me dancing, you know, because mm. somebody can't tell me shit. I was I mean I was yeah, dancing yeah. then. I'm still doing well financially now mm. in something else. You know what I mean? So if you diss me. That's your problem because I had a better time than you when I was under 25 and yeah. still doing well now, you know, um, mm-hmm. with everything else. So if you did study, I study too. If you're working in a good business and so am I, it just on under 20, I was doing better than you in terms of having fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. yeah, man, I think it's only said when you don't have anything else to show for it. Uh, yeah, that that's when it's become sad. When you, you know, for some people that are that are dancing until now and they don't have something to show for it, it's 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 tough for them because then somebody can say, "Oh, you've been dancing your whole life," you know. Yeah, I mean, I've had an ex that they told me that second one time, one time, sometime in in my life, I, I had an ex that I was chatting to. It's like, "Hey, how you been?" And the first line was, "Are you still dancing your, your life away?" I was like, "Cheesh, man." Yeah, yeah. So, like, dude, I don't even dance anymore. But even if I was. Why you What's the big out? deal? You know what I mean. I'm like, oh no, actually, um, I'm an account manager for in, a, in, a, in one of the biggest advertising agencies in in SA, You know, but <laughs> yeah, but it's if somebody if I was dancing, you can you imagine the pain that that could have caused me at that moment. You know, uh, yeah, it just it just it just hits, man. It just hits, and people are sour, and you know, but yeah, it can't stop you from from doing your doing what you love. You know, so yeah. we had a good time, yo. We had a good time. I don't nah, definitely, bro. Of it. Definitely, bro. Because even myself, like sometimes I think back to those years and I was like, wow, I was so young, but I've seen so much, especially you know like being I mean? around you guys. I learned so much about life, like even in school and stuff like that. Like right. my mindset was a bit ahead because I was always around you guys, you yeah. know. So I experienced so much and saw so many things like at a young age, you know, know what to I mean? the point where I sit back now and I'm like, yo, that was crazy. Like, I've actually seen a lot, you know. I don't think there's anything I haven't seen. Yeah. And also that on its own can be a motivation. Because you've seen so much, you don't want to turn back. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And for me, there was a time where I, I, I hit rock bottom, where I was depressed and I was, you know. But I w- that's exactly that. I was like, yo, man, I've seen so much. I've done so much at a young age. I cannot mm. turn back. I cannot yeah. turn back. I got to go. I need to get up, you know. It took me a long time. It took me about two years. But I was like, yo, no, I need to get up. You know what I mean? And so sometimes doing with what we've done in, in, in the past, because we've seen that much and we've done so much, is that it can be a, a, a motivation for you to know that you can do better. And also, mm. let's not forget, we've developed network that you can use in the future. There's network that mm. I've developed in dancing and masters of freedom that I'm, I'm using now. 
that I'm st- that I'm still in touch now. You know, the, the most recent job that I got it from the net from people that have networked during Masters of Freedom. Yeah, I mean, they are the one that came back to me and like you know um, headhunted me. They've seen what I've been doing. I've been bouncing from one agency to another. They're like, yo, man. Like, yo, we've been headhunting you. We've seen your, your portfolio. We know what you've done with Masters of Freedom. We want you to be in our team. We have a plan. We have an idea. We, this is the brand mm. that we're working with. Let's work together. And, you know, so, yeah, do not regret. I do not regret any, any. the, the older I grow, I just, I just more, more than anything, I appreciate it. I appreciate every moment that, that I've had with the Clinch crew. I appreciate every moment that I've had with the Masters of Freedom, with the hip hop world and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and. At this point, it, from where I am, I still get the respect. And for me, it's like there's nothing more than respect. You know? mm, mm. And yeah, so yeah, man, we, we did well. Nah, definitely, bro. And you know, um, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day about, because, you know, I've been blessed enough to always be in situations where like, regardless of whatever, whatever stage of life I've been in, right? I've always had creative friends, always. I don't know what it is, but like, always since young, you know, so whether they play an instrument, whether they make music, whether they dance, whether they're artists, I've always had creative friends, you know, so obviously there's friends that I've made in my adult life, you know, and there's things that we've tried to do, you know, in the past and they didn't work out. But then when I look at it now, I'm just like, you know, everything that you do, even from the past, even if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to work out, every experience counts, Of course, you know? Because it puts you in good stead in the future when you try to start something else. You know what you should avoid, what you shouldn't avoid. Yeah. You know what you should see as a blessing, even if it looks like, you know, it's not things are not working out. You know, you know how to kind of navigate things a little bit better. So yeah, everything is definitely an experience. Every move you make contributes to your growth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, like you say, you know, sometimes you you go through hard times, but literally everything in life, you know, comes back full circle to to contribute to the 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 good times you know or the good parts of your life most definitely man i mean i've been i've been in an incident where i remember i had to t- i was taking a taxi um this was not long ago it must have been about four years ago mm. i was taking a taxi and stuff and then two guys were in the taxi also they like they, you know they're like whispering to each other and stuff and then one of them finally had the guts to turn around and ask like yo bro ain't you simba for masters of film and clinch crew I'm like, yeah, mm. like, oh, flip, bro. Like, yo, we, we know a lot about you and stuff. You know, you just change, you change a bit. And like, yo, bro, what you doing in a taxi, man? Like, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you used to do big thing. What you doing in a taxi? And and that's the thing also is that people have a certain expectation of you. People, you know, people don't don't want to see somebody who was doing well fail. It's almost yeah, like yeah, to to drag them down. You know, the reality mm. of life is that what I've learned is that we all have our ups and down, you know. Yeah. And no matter where, where you are, you are going to have that moment where you you will you will go down, you know. Mm. And mm. some people go harder than the, go down harder than the others and some people don't. But we all have that pattern, you know. So I had to be, I had to, like, I was, like I said earlier on, I had to go to that stage. Like it, initially I stressed, you know. I was stressing yeah. and I was like, flip, man, from a young age, I, my first car was the Audi, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm on my, 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 that was, I think around that time I must have been like 30. I'm like, now I'm on my 13. I got no car. That's not make sense. My whole life I've driven, 
you know, mm, I yeah. clinch crew, I had masters, I was making some cash and, you know, I even bought my mom a car. I, was, I must have been 25, I bought my mom a car. I'm like, this doesn't make, this mm. doesn't make sense. I'm in a taxi, niggas are giggling and, and laughing and, you know, so I was really going through the most. But I realized that I had to face my reality. I'm like, this is where I am now. It's not going to yeah. be if I sit in one place and shy about it. Mm -hmm. I am in life. I got nothing. I got no friends. I got no popularity and I got nothing to show off. Yeah. All right. And I can face it and make a move or I can shy, shy out and then let the rest of my life just collapse. So, mm. you got a decision to make. And, yeah. you know, and with the support of my, my friend, my, my, my family and stuff and one or two friends, two friends, And I started making a move, man. I'll go, I'll take, I'll take, I'll go to the taxi, go for interviews. This one fails. I'll go again, take a taxi, even go to the gym just to give myself some confidence because I needed, I needed, I was looking for a source of some sort of, some source of confidence, anything, you know, so mm. go to the gym and walk out and just to, to give, to build some, a little bit of confidence, you know, and, and then, and I, I didn't care. At that moment, I didn't care anymore. I didn't care who sees me. I didn't care who pointed a finger because I end up facing reality that this is where I am right now and I need to make a move. And maybe in yeah. that stage, it's a stage that God wanted me to be so I can humble myself and view life in a different way. But mm. at that point, when I, when, when I first that reality, that's when things started popping up. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like anything pop up immediately, it started popping up slowly but surely, bit by bit. And I can yeah. tell you, like, you know, from last year to this year, the progress I've made in my life, it's just like, wow. You know, but it started building yeah. slowly. It's like a four years progress, bit mm. by bit, you know. And yeah, so we all we all go through that. So you don't from you don't let anyone look down on you or whatever the case may be. Like it's it's a bad yeah. life. We are gonna go down sometime and we have to get up and try to go up again. Mm. And uh yeah, man, that's really inspirational and I'm 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 glad that you you're in a good place now. Most definitely. Um I just wanna but I just wanna touch on like um the beginning of your journey right. and what actually sparked your desire to start dancing, you know. And what led that to you being like, you know what, I want to actually do something huge for the culture and start Masters of Rhythm. Got you. I think um, if you speak, if if you speak to anyone close, close, close to me, like my family and stuff, my moms and my aunt and stuff, they'll tell you from a very young age, I've always inspired people. I've always inspired people from my age, my age group. I always see the best in people. And one thing that my mom have mentioned to me is, and she said. One of your best gift hasn't been dancing because she knows the real me. So like one of your best gift is being able to see the best in somebody and making them do better. You know? Yeah. From when I was 10 years old, I was coaching the seven years old football. Yeah. You know, making the effort of asking my uncle from Paris to send me some 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 kit with everybody's name on it, you know. Um, socks and and jerseys and this and that because I got a football team that I'm I'm training and all that stuff you know um, mm. and managing the whole shebang. I was 10 years old, 11 years old, you know. Yeah. Um, within the same era, I was helping my neighborhood people from from my age group and younger to start learning how to paint. So we used to go in the streets and we see like a big poster, like in the hood, you know, they put, they put like a poster of Bruce Lee. Like in the hood, mm. like, you know, like those those hood cinemas, and I'll sit there and I'll paint and I'll draw, and my drawing used to be like exactly how the the the, the poster was, and also a lot of my friends that could not get it right, and I used to sit them down and we'll go through each step. I'm teaching them how, and I must have been like 10 years old, 
you know what I mean? Teaching them on how to sketch here to get the angles right and and that you know. Um, mm. it, and at Highlands North, when I, I went to Highlands North Boys High School, I was you know because I came to South Africa at the age of thirteen. I went to Highlands mm. North Boys High School. I ended up captaining the first team for basketball. You know, mm. and one of the reasons why my coach got me to be the captain it's because once again I was how oh, I inspired the team. I don't give up. If if we're losing, I'll tell the team, let's go. I could not I, I could barely speak a word of English when I came in SA, but I was like, I didn't want to lose. You know, I play basketball, I'll be like, yo guys, what the hell? You know, but by, mm. by the time I reached grade eleven, my, my coach is like, yo, making a first team captain of basketball, you know. And and so that that has been my characteristic. Dancing has been one of the art, not the only one. I was good at football, I was good at basketball, you know, I was drawing and I was writing poetry. And in each and every single one of them, I excel, you know. Um, how dancing, how hip-hop dancing end up taking preference over the others, it's it's simply called the, the, attract, the, the, the attractiveness of it. So when I danced at church, people went crazy. They could not believe what I was doing, you know, and because yeah. I used to be a church boy. Then, and then one day for the first time, I decided, let me go party. I was, I was, I just finished my trick for the first time, I actually went partying in the club. You know, it was, there was a party, mm-hmm. the, the club, it was the Fresh Bash adverts. And yeah. so I went with my boys and stuff. We went to the Fresh Bash and I, and I started busting a move and girls went nuts. Like, where you from? For the first time, I'm exchanging numbers with hot girls. And my boys are like, you know, we need to, we need to start getting to this, this kind of stuff. And I started teaching my boys, the Jay, the Oli and stuff, you know, they had few moves, mm. but you know, they're not as good. I started teaching my boys and stuff and we started rolling together. Now we decided, let's go out more. You know, we started going out more and busting moves and we came up with some choreo and stuff and people were loving it. And just coincidentally around that time, you got safe dropped, you know? Mm. So everybody's trying to do the same thing. And then we're already a few steps ahead because by that time we're already like eight of us also, you know. Yeah. And and then the, it, the popularity of it grew and people started recognizing recognizing us. Before you know it, people are find, um, trying to find out where we where, where we we train and people are coming to our training spots. And then from there, I just saw that this was something that's growing more than my other talents. And let me ride with it, you know. Yeah. And and because naturally, I've always a, a, I've always had the personality to make something bigger and to to bring the best out of people. I just took it to dance, and yeah. then, and then that was the growth of Masters of Freedom, the growth of Clinch Crew, the growth of all the other entity that came around it, you know. And that was basically it. Just my character throughout. So when my mom saw that, it was like this is nothing new. He's been doing that since he was ten years old. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. So yeah, that's basically has been that's been me, and then that was. From there on, the rest is the rest is pretty much history, you know. Um, yeah, but that's what got me how to start to start dancing. It's just one of those that was had more attraction compared to all the other craft that I was doing at the time. And it was, you know, yeah. and and I was like, you know what? If this is the one that's creating more attention, I'm not gonna fight it. I'm gonna go with this one. And I remember at the time one of my coach, because I was playing for the virtual reserve team, he was like, "Dude, what a waste." You're such a beautiful, beautiful footballer. And yeah. You're wasting it with dance. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Every craft that I did, that's how, that's how I was. Even with judo, I did judo from the age of eight, from the age of seven to about 12. Yeah. Report. Extremely competitive. 
you know, helping people that are younger than me, the same belt as me, with 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 to let to learn the first few judo moves like the Mayo Kembe, the Uchimata, to learn the first judo move like as if I'm a, I'm a sensei. But yet we're in the same belt <laughs> level, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that that has been me, my characteristic throughout, you know, and it it didn't change when it came to dance, and it just happened that dancing took it to a different level, and I just carry on with with who I am, you know. And funny until now, I still have that personality. It maybe changed because I'm a bit older. But if you're around me, we are going to have questions about what you're doing. What's your next move? Inspire me. Let me inspire you. It's naturally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So that's how Clint, how Clint Square Masters of Freedom end up being built up. You know, um, like if you want details of it, um, for me, it was like with Masters, I just, everybody wanted to come to Clint Crew, you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have a space. I went from having eight dancers to 45 dancers at Highlands North Hall. And our our, oh, our, crazy. our training spot was getting packed on a constant. People people coming and waiting to be part of Clinch Crew. And unfortunately, I could not take anybody, every, everyone. So I started advising people to go and study on crews and I'll support them. I'll come if mm. come true. If they need the latest songs, because I, I had so I had access to the latest hip hop beats and hip hop tracks, and I was very well equipped in terms of my knowledge of what what's trending overseas and stuff. So I'll, I'll share songs and stuff. You know, that's Larry. I remember Larry and Tato come, coming to audition. Yeah, I remember Larry came into audition. You know, and I was like, I don't have a space. You're good, but I don't have a space right now. You know, like for people I have, they're really good. You like, I, like you know, you you can make it. You, I don't have a space for you, you know. Yeah. Go and start your own things. If you need my help, hit me up. And they were pulling up in my, they went and studied the reps and they were pulling at my house for, you know, advice, getting the new, the new track. Where am I getting, where do, where, where do, where do I get, where do we get our gear? You know, where do we buy our clothes? Like I had to give them the 41. Remember Nuff Nuff back in the days, Nuff Nuff by Bram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I had to school them about there's Nuff Nuff in town, in, 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 in town, there is um, hip hop connection, um, and there is another one in Pretoria, you know, because they didn't know where to find those gear that Clinch Crew was wearing, you know. And yeah. crews, even though I, w- I was not part of the crew, I was in support of how they started up, advised them, I've, I've helped them with the choreography, like, you fix this one, try this one, try that one, you know. And, yeah. and as a result, I was like, flip, there has to be a platform that caters for all these crews. Now everybody's coming up with a crew because we're advising them so. But where's the platform that caters for all these crews? You know, and that's yeah. the idea of Masters of Freedom was born. And this is literally in the space of a year. I started Clinch Crew in a year, and then it blows up, crews everywhere. Within a space of the following year, I have Masters of Freedom. Because I was like, mm. I need to do something about all these talents all over the place. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the rest is history. Yeah. Now that's interesting, man. And what would you say were the initial challenges, you know, in actually getting Masters of Rhythm off the ground, you know, because obviously as people who used to go there, yeah. all we saw was a packed Standard Bank Arena, yeah. you know, some of the, the the biggest artists, you know, local artists performing at the event, you know, and everything just seemed massive and big, you know, but I don't think anyone has ever thought about, you know, the, what happens behind the scenes, yeah. you know, and, and some of the challenges that, 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 that might come up. You know, so what were those those initial challenges, and did you ever feel like you wanted to give up, especially after the first one that you had? I think I, I think the the biggest challenges came out on the, on the, on on the mid stage of Masters of Freedom, because then yeah. the audience expected, because the, then the audience is developing expectations. You know, mm. in the initially when we started, the, it was it was a, it was not as challenging because it was just a bunch of people having fun. 
So yeah. the masters were from, I met, I met some of my key people, um, um, members of the business. So Lala, Jay, Oliver, Gabby, I met a few people, members of the business. You know, I was like, yeah. this is the business we're starting and let's do it right. So, and then we used few funds we had from few gigs that we had and to start to build masters. I and mean, the first masters of film was to run, it was about 20,000 rand. We had yeah. a, we spent 20,000 rand at Crawford Hall and we had about 500 kids that came to and stuff, you know. But the ambition mm. was, I've always had, I've always had a picture of how I, I wanted to be seen on, on a stage. I've always had a picture of, I want to be seen one day on spotlights and I'm dancing and there's an audience, there's an arena, people are screaming and there's fireworks and there's lights and this and that. But because nobody could do it for me, but I still wanted to bring that, that life, that, that idea to reality. You know? mm. And so I was choreographing for Denike and Denike introduced me to a friend of his who was, who was a millionaire at the time. He's still a millionaire now. And yeah. he wanted to learn how to dance. He was like, yo, Sim, is Jew boy. He was like, yo, man, I'm, I'm rich and I like clubbing, and, but I don't know how to dance. And I like attention and I want to dance. I want to learn the cool moves, you know. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll teach you the cool moves. So I started spending time with him. We'll go to his place and I'll teach him and stuff. Sometimes he'll pick me up and he'll pay me for the rehearsals. And I was going to his place three times a week to teach him yeah. and stuff. And, so, and then we'll go out, obviously, because he wanted me to, to be with him, to, to make him look good. <laughs> with <his laughs> and stuff. So we'll go out. We started inviting me to very exclusive parties and stuff. And, you know, and we'll go out and stuff. And I started asking him, I'm like, yo, how did you make your money? You know, obviously I'm an ambitious person. So I need to know. You can't just, I'm just, can't just be rolling with you and not, not asking yeah. the right questions. How did you mm. make your money and this and that? And I was young too. This guy was, was older. You know, he was grown. You know, I was, I was yeah. young. He was, he was grown man, you know. And how do you start making your money and stuff? So he told me his business and this and that. I'm like, listen, I have an idea that I, 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 that I did for the first time, Masters of Film, and I like some endorsements. And you got a brand that you're coming on, you, 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 you are, you're building right now. You had a brand called AG Cellular. I'm like, yeah. you're building right now. I need, I need help. I need somebody to help me grow my business. I need you to invest in my business. So it's like, what's your business? I'm like, I'm actually, I'm doing the second Masters of Film at Monte Casino, going to pull and stuff. And so he came to the second Masters of Film. I think he gave me about 15K at the time. He gave me about 15K plus our own money that we had. And he gave us cell phones, um, sponsorship and stuff. And then, but he came, he loved what he saw. He loved the scene. Yeah. The answers were there. People were dressed up and this. And it was only about 700 people. And he was like, mm. man, where do you want to take this? I'm like, I want to go big. And it's like, why do you need to go big? I'm like, there is a guy from overseas. His name is Tardize. We need to bring him here. This is the idea I have. This is the map. I literally start drawing the stuff for him. I'm like, this is, now. I'm, I'm excited now. I'm pumped. I got my team yeah. I'm excited. We presented to him. He's like, cool. I'm going to hook you up. I'll hook you up guys up with 400, you know, to, to make this happen. So this was the first master's from We went from 300 people and we went to, to about six mil. This was 2008 at Omonde in the South. Oh, crazy. And it just blew we brought we, Tidus could not come anymore, we, but we brought two people from his crew. And and Masters just went to a different vibe. You know, yeah. we outside. We had six hundred people, six six thousand people inside. There's about five thousand people outside waiting to get in. I remember even calling me like, yo, bro, like I'm out. I can't get in. Like we didn't tell me, like, is this a rock concert? You didn't tell me this. I'm like, dude, <laughs> bro, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's happening. Like this is yeah. We just market with, and this around this time, we, Facebook was not even big. We didn't mm-hmm. have Facebook at the time, so it was street street marketing, straightforward. I think Facebook mm-hmm. started, you know, and and word of mouth and schools. So yeah, man. And then from there, we did our second one, and the expectation got bigger. 
and then the other guy that 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 saw the the guy that helped me financially got greedy. He wanted mm. he wanted to own the right of it. He wanted this and he wanted you know what I mean. And because yeah. I saw the opportunity and stuff. And obviously, he's a businessman. We're young. He's a businessman. He saw an opportunity and he want to force, you know. So mm. and I was like, no, you can't. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, And then we end up going our separate ways and stuff. And he pulled a plug on us. He even took some of the cash we made. He pulled a plug on us. Now we are we're in 2010. And the expectation is still there. Now Masters of Rome become an event that costing about a, a, over a meal to run. Yeah, yeah. I have no endorsers. I still need to do it. Yeah. You know, and that's when the, that's when the challenge became challenging. Because mm-hmm. expectation. People have seen us bringing Crumb Kings from the USA. People have seen uh, in 2009, we brought Salah, you know. Yeah. Be like, who are you bringing next? It has to be big, you know. So mm. then that's where the challenge came, came in. Now I need to run Masters from, from money that I don't, I, I didn't have millions. I didn't have cash. Now I started borrowing money left, right, and center, you know, um, making promises to artists, making promises to the sound people, making promises to the venue. Um, I started becoming a living stress. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're young, you must have been, I must have been about 24, 25, you know, I was 25 or around that time, between 24 to 26. Imagine at that age, you're working, knowing pretty well, there is a dot of about half a million debt in your head as you're working, the shit yeah. that you're going through. And you're hoping that by the day that the master's reform takes place, you takes place, you'll be able to pay all those debt. That's the stress that I was going through a 25 year old, 24 year old running masters of film. That was the challenge, you know. And I did it yeah. three years in a row after that, without an crazy. Mm. You know, when I look back until now, I'm like, what the hell, Mermoli? Like, why, what, how did you do it? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, man, those were the challenges that we faced. And, you know, my team. I want to take all the credit because I, I worked. I, I I worked with very passionate people that were supporting the dream. The, my dream became the dream. It was our dream, and each and every single one of them has pushed. Some of them we're not close anymore, but I still give them the respect because they contributed to a bigger cause, you know. Um, and I've always told myself whenever I have an opportunity to give them props, I will. So yeah, it was yeah. it was the whole team made that dream become real. You know, we all mm. even though it was the front line. <laughs> person that people looked at as you owe me money but it was the team that was helping in this in the beyond the scene to to tie up the dots for other little things putting the event yeah you know yeah mm. now that's really interesting because i don't think i've ever actually had that conversation with you about how it started you know i think well, definitely yeah man by the time i i got involved with masters of rhythm it was already a big thing you know yeah. it was already very massive um so obviously like Masters of Rhythm did take a break, a hiatus for how many years was it? Um so we we did our last one in 2012 at Rema mm. and then I, I did Masters of Rome to bring the for the nostalgia back and stuff. Um that was in 2016. Yeah. So it took about mm. four years break, yeah. Yeah. So do you see yourself continuing with Masters of Rhythm maybe in the future or having one form of contribution to dancing, you know, going forward? Or would you say that you're completely focusing on um, other aspects of your life, you know, going forward in the future? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Because for me, Masters of Rome, it's a brand that it's, it's, it's there in people's mind until this present moment. Like, you know, and the more, the more, the more I live, the more people remind me. 
people in the boardroom, they'll tell me they used to come to Masters of Freedom or they brought they used to bring the sisters or the brothers to Masters of Freedom. And, mm. you know, I mean, I bump into AK, AK was going wild. It's like, yo, man, this is a legend, street legend, you know. And yeah. and, and and for me, it's like, and I remember him saying one, he was like, if 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 she doesn't know Masters of Freedom, she's too young for you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and for me, it was like, that's the and the the older I get, the more I realize the impact that 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 movement had in people. Mm. You know, yeah. And and because of that, I can never really erase it. If one day there was an opportunity of millions to run it right, I'm I'm gonna take it because it's mm. it's such an impactful moment in South African culture. You know, mm-hmm. nothing was ever nothing nothing was ever done like that. There's never been anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. People were preparing a year in advance to attend Masters of Freedom. Mm. People buying new sneakers, people, girls doing their hair, preparing their hair, people preparing the kind of outfit, the kind of outfits they want to come with, how, the kind of group they want to come with. Some people preparing the kind of ride, you know, you know what I mean? So mm. I, don't, I think the closest thing that can, we can compare it in this present moment, even, the, even though they're doing, they're doing better, it's pop battle. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people look forward to it. But Masters of Freedom had a different impact. Mm. The different impact, and because of that, you can never really kill it. Because even if you kill it, the name exists on its own. You know. Yeah, so, for sure. And for sure. that, if there was an opportunity, somebody come with millions, and there's a big, bigger opportunity, and God is like, "This is the window, and you can use it." I always not bring that nostalgia back because there is people you like you and I that would love to be in that presence again one more time. Mm. Mm. Never really say no. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but Simba, thank you so much for for your time. And uh, coming to coming onto the show, you know, just to talk about your experiences in the dance industry, you know, because I think it's actually important, you know. Um, I think a lot of people saw the industry at face value, right. you know, but didn't really see it from behind the scenes and understand it from a, a passion level. Got you. You know what I'm saying? So so I'm really glad you, as a veteran, that you came onto our show. Really honored to have you. Um, just to talk to our audience a bit about, um, you know, where dance dance culture comes from and how it's influenced urban culture as a whole. Most definitely, much appreciated, man. Thanks for bringing me in. Nah, no worries, man. And I hope it's not the last time. You know, nah, in most future, I'm, 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 when you should call, I'm ready to answer, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, definitely, bro. But thank you so much, bro. No problems, man.